Alfie straight up, like, you can see it poking out of his shirt. He has, like, a cheetah print bra on <laughs> under his, like, dress. It's just, like, <laughs> what is going on? He just, on? like, really took this to the next level for no reason. Sabrina. Anubis, backwards. See what I did there? Hello, and welcome back for another episode of Anubis Backwards. We are going to be doing another double episode, starting today off with cameras and numbers. Woohoo! Um, so... Today's a very special day because I am physically here with Laura. We are recording in the same oh, room. Live recording. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm I'm still in Wisconsin, so like can't I'm relate. Like, get out of Wisconsin and into New Jersey. I know. One day we'll get all three of us recording together, and it'll be great. But this is a start, at least. So this should be fun. I already told you I'm gonna try to come to Orlando like next August. Heck yeah! That'll everyone should just come to Disney. We're World. just gonna come to Disney next. That's August. the true dream. I think we should record from the park. In the oh middle God. of the Disney park. We'll just sit on the hub grass in front of the castle. It'll be a little loud, but we'll make it work. It'll be great. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I just wanted to say, if you're one of our U.S. listeners, which I think about half of you are from the U.S., um, go register to vote. It's a very big election year. I'm not going to tell you who to vote. This isn't a political podcast, but like, I know a lot of you are younger. This may be your first time uh, being a- uh, being eligible to vote in the presidential election. So like, make sure you register to vote. This is, you know... It's very important. If so, you are happen to not be sure who to vote for, there are some several great resources, and there is actually a website where you basically fill out like a survey of what your beliefs are and what you stand for, and they will match you to the candidate best suited for you. Yes, it's, is yeah. that isidewith.org? I believe so. Yes, I use that too. It's really helpful, so don't throw away your shot. <laughs> There's no excuse. <laughs> I like how we are both a Hamil- We are on a House of Anubis podcast, a Hamilton podcast, and a Taylor Swift podcast. Yes. Yes. Yeah, everyone go register to vote, and that's all. Cool. Thanks. We're also a Disney podcast. We're also Love a Disney podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just picked a lane and stayed in it? Uh, be less fun. <laughs> True. <laughs> And a Wolf Blood podcast, but that was technically a Disney oh, show in the U.S., so... uh Sham podcast. <laughs> We're a Sham podcast. That would be the most niche podcast ever if it was only in- about Sham. <laughs> Welcome to today- today's episode. It's called House of Sham. <laughs> I mean, I wish. We can do a special episode of us just recapping all the top Sham moments. <laughs> All right, before we get too well, far. One day it's just going to be Laura and I recording, and it's just going to be us ranking Sean moments. I can't wait. <laughs> so the episode opens with the iconic intro, and then I'm not going to never, I'm not going to never mention the iconic intro. Come on, it's iconic. It is. My dog watched it. Well, not my dog, my sister's dog watched it with me. <laughs> Laura's like, he's my child. He is your child. He's my child. He watched the intro with me and then fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing better than the two puppies who like to come and wrestle on my bed while I'm trying to do productivity product product productive things. Okay. Uh the episode itself opens with everyone saying goodbye to Trudy, Nina, and Fabian attempt to apologize for getting her in trouble with Victor. Trudy says it was her fault for believing their silly little stories. Amber tries to convince Victor to let Trudy stay. This is just sad. It was sad. It is really sad. Trudy doesn't deserve this. Trudy deserved a lot better than this show ever gave her. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Truly. Yeah. Truly. 
Um, at breakfast, the students are disgusted by the meal Victor has made them. They decide to get food from the school vending machines. On their way out, they see workmen installing cameras. I just want to know, like, what was Victor even feeding them? Like, what was that? I know, right? No, the tea is stuck to the saucer, and I said, why? Like, how did he manage to mess up tea that it's stuck? It looked like like oatmeal or something, but, like, really gross oatmeal. <laughs> okay, it looked like low-key, like, the gravy you put on, like, biscuits and gravy, but, like, Ooh. a thicker consistency. Just oh, no, you just, gravy. you know it's bad when even Mick was like, I'm not eating this, so... <laughs> Mick talks to Miss Robinson about a possible career with sports. She informs him of a scholarship offer in California. Mick is thrilled with the idea. She also explains how he can swap a science class for a sports science. Yo, this school has like a good class selection if you can just do that. But also I said Mick wants to be a surfer. <laughs> it just made me so happy like in this scene because he was so excited. Like, wow, like I can actually have a job that involves sports? What? Like. Uh-huh. This is crazy. And I was like, yes, do whatever you want. Like, live your best life, Mick. Live your dreams. Don't let your memes be dreams, Mick. Mick tells Mara about the application and Mara offers to help train him for the exam. Mick says she doesn't know anything about sports and she bets him she knows more than him. Mick offers to quiz them both on sports. So I said, Jerome is so hype. Like, he walks up and is like, did someone say a bet? Like, he immediately <laughs> gets involved in their business just because he enjoys bets. Also, Jerome is so tall. Also, in the background of the scene, there's a locker that says Emily on it. Emily, you officially go to the Anubis House School. Me rights. Me rights. Me <laughs> rights. <laughs> You're one of the extras. We'll pick an extra and we'll be like, that's, that's Emily. Emily. <laughs> Plot twist. It's Brad's Beyonce. She played <laughs> Emily. I'll take it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm naming her character Emily now. It's official. Um... Jerome and Elfie hold a sports quiz. Mara answers the majority of the questions correctly. Which I think we, I think we need to like clarify what we mean by sports quiz because it's not just like a, it's like a whole production. It's not just like, like a game show. Like Elfie, Elfie's dressed up like a woman. Jerome is wearing a bad mustache. I think if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, you've got like a '70s style like game show host mustache. They have costumes on. The whole school is there. I don't Elf- know why the whole school is there. Yeah. It's a production. Alfie straight up like you can see it poking out of his shirt. He has like a cheetah print bra on <laughs> under his like dress. It's just, like, <laughs> what is going on? He just on? like really took this to the next level for no reason. And then I wrote Amber being Team Mick and Patricia being Team Mara for this competition. Because I guess Amber was kind of rooting for Mick, and Patricia was rooting for Mara, so that's their loyalties here. And I said, my Mick of her heart, because Amber was, like, really hyped about Mick every time he got a point. I was thinking the same thing. Like, it just, it, like, hurt my heart, but made me happy, because, like, she just kept clapping and, like, rooting for him. When did I become a Mick worshiper? I don't know, when did I become a Mick horror (laughs) ship? Tracy's! (laughs) back at the house victor is studying the new camera system we cut back to the school and mick is convinced he has the last question in the bag however mara ends up answering it correctly mick is upset he lost the sports quiz to mara and mick is cheated mick is convinced mara cheated to make him look stupid okay this is kind of irrelevant i should have said this in less conversation but i wrote alfie is wearing amber shoes like amber makes a comment about how alfie's gonna mess up her shoes so is this whole outfit amber is like this cheetah bra amber is this dress amber that'd be amazing (laughs) 
Like, is he just like, yo, Amber, we need to put on a game show. Can I borrow your award? And she was like, sure. sure I, I feel like he would have just taken it. And then she probably like walked in on them taking her clothes and was like, whatever, fine. She wouldn't I have guess, said yes to Alba, that. you can wear my cheetah bra. <laughs> but this whole scene just made me think about um, Mick's past that we don't know anything about. Because like, one, I think he's like accusing Mara of cheating because like she had already cheated for him before and then I'm like I don't know he's always so angry and I wonder if it comes from his family or if like his dad has gotten angry with him in the past I don't know yeah Just have no, questions no. I think we've mentioned this casually that mix definitely seems like he's got some sort of anger issue what did I say oh I think that Mick like I would kind of like to know like what has happened in Mick's past because he does seem to have like some anger issues where he was like threatening Alfie and even that deleted scene that we don't know if it's deleted like he was like really about to beat Alfie up and like all this stuff like kind of want to know like what's going on with Mick because it seems like other than like when he gets angry he's like a really nice guy like he's chill like mm. he's kind of like laid back like sports whatever yeah and the second something makes him mad he seems like he's like really 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 mad about it yeah my prediction is like his dad that's my guess I can see that, yeah. I would agree. Okay, back in the house, Mick is, like, pouting in his room. Patricia storms in and tells Mick he was being childish. Mick says Mara clearly cheated, and Patricia shows him proof with a picture of a man called the Francis, Edward Jaffrey, who Mick realizes is Mara's dad. Patricia also informs Mick that Mara's mom was a professional hockey player. Okay, um, I don't know if this... You're gonna get a lot of this this week, and I'm I'm not sorry, but many many eons ago, when the show was still on and the fandom was young and vibing, <laughs> someone, Megan, happened to um, bring up the headcanon that Patricia had a crush on Mick, and um, this is where I go on my bullshit, and I really have no. I noticed this when I watched the second episode that there's more like evidence to this headcanon in that one than there is in this one so stay tuned for that i'm kind of convinced i'm convinced too <laughs> I, Laura, you I, straight up texted me and i was like i remember yeah. i took a screen cap of that and sent it to megan and was like we got him boys oh what maybe like does patricia have a crush on me <laughs> yep she does convinced. yeah well, we'll go on to this later so just get ready <laughs> there's literally a section in the second episode notes where it's like a back and forth with us on Mick Trisha. <laughs> and I think Mikara and it's it's it'll be it'll be fun. Um also I made the note, okay, field or ice hockey. Do they play ice hockey in the UK? That is a great question. I have no idea. UK mutuals, let us know. <laughs> UK mutuals are gonna be like you stupid bitches again. <laughs> We're American. We're Nina. <laughs> we need help. Also, isn't field hockey literally just lacrosse? No, it's a little different because you you use like a hockey stick, whereas lacrosse is like a little net thing. It's like a know. net on a stick. Sports. Yeah, that um, was my well, really when you great Google field, ho- field hockey. It brings you up like only pictures of women, so I'm gonna assume she played field hockey. Yeah, yeah. I don't think men play field hockey. It's like a girl sport. Yeah. My sister played. That's all I know about it. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, with this conversation, I thought it was interesting that like. Patricia seemed to like readily know this information about Mara whereas like Amber seemed shocked that Mara beat Mick in the competition and I was like Mara and Amber were roommates but maybe they were really just roommates and never were that close anyway 
Yeah, well, I, you casually mentioned, like, my parents are famous athletes. Yeah, I don't know. So I guess, like, Patricia and Mara are closer friends than Amber and Mara, which I guess that's not shocking. I don't know why I wrote this note. <laughs> Maybe Patricia's just nosier. I mean, she mm. does seem kind of nosy. She does seem kind of nosy. <laughs> like, Patricia just straight up had this book, unless it's, like, Mara's book. Maybe when yeah. Mara first moved into the house, Patricia was snooping through her stuff and found, like, this sports <laughs> athlete book and was like... <laughs> This bitch's father is an athlete. Wow. <laughs> Actually, probably, because she did go through Nina's stuff, so why wouldn't she go through Mara's? Yeah. Maybe they were roommates, like, at some point pre this season. I don't know. Or she just been going through Mara's stuff recently. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like, Mara's dad. <laughs> what does Winter should do when she gets bored? She goes through people's stuff. Okay, moving on. Mick apologizes to Mara and says she was right. He wants to find a way to make it right between them. And Mara suggests he lets her arrange his training schedule. And he agrees. I remember Mick and Mara both wearing shirts underneath other shirts. So we watch it. I just, the scene makes me so happy because, like, look at Mick. He is instantly apologizing for his actions and offering to make it up for Mara. Like, look at this ship already communicating their problems i mean they're not going to do that all the time as we'll see in the future but i'm just like really proud of him for just like owning up to his mistakes that's and i love them it's so good very impressive for a teenage boy because boys do not like to be like that no so we stand mick we stand mick Campbell. <laughs> i was gonna say i think it's because he got his he got called out on his shit too yeah yeah but he could have just been like mm, whatever and like sulked about it but he was like I messed up. I should fix this. Later at a Sabuna meeting, Nina is frustrated by the cameras watching them and wonders how they can continue sneaking around the house. Nina says she feels like they're in a really dull reality show, which I thought was funny. Also, if they were in a reality show, it would be entertaining. It, it would, would be. It be House of Anubis. Big Brother House of Anubis edition. <laughs> That's basically what it would be. Somebody write the fic. <laughs> That'd be so fun. Patricia is annoyed Rufus won't answer her calls. Fabian says they know who took Rufus, but not Joy. Patricia points out Victor took them both. Amber wonders where Victor could have taken them to. Uh, I made the note, why is there like a large, like, it's I don't know if it's a rocking horse, but there's like a large horse type thing. I saw this note, like, after I already watched the episode, and I have no memory of this. Like, where are they in this scene? Are they, like... They're in Nina and Amber's room. <laughs> why is there a horse? Nina and Amber just have a horse. <laughs> Oh my god, Nina is a horse. She's got horse girl energy. She totally has horse girl energy. And why did Fabi decide it was his chair? Maybe he wants Nina to like him more, but <laughs> he wants her to think he's a horse girl too. <laughs> I'm just gonna tweet on our account like no. Nina is a horse girl confirmed. Nina has horse girl energy. I- I don't know if we see it again ever. I think it was literally just in this scene. Oh my god. What? Maybe we'll ask Brad. Be like, hey. <laughs> Why please explain this horse. <laughs> At Brad, what? <laughs> we <laughs> could. He would answer too. We could too. a picture of Fabian <laughs> Okay, one of us has to go get a cap and just tweet him at the, on the podcast and be like, sir, will you explain? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Nina says they need to stick together. The gang welcomes Patricia into Sabuna. Patricia comes up with a way to get rid of the cameras, but it involves Jerome and Elfie. 
Amber thinking Patricia meant Spongebob and Patrick when Patricia said their favorite double comedy act. <laughs> I also love Spongebob Amber, so, like, I feel you. <laughs> Patricia going Sabu what when they all do Sabuna sign? I love that parallel with Mar and Tor. What's Sabuna? <laughs> <laughs> I like how this is Patricia's, like, induction into Sabuna, too. Like, we never get a real Patricia inducted in Sabuna. They're just like, oh yeah, this is our thing, you're in it now, and she's like, I guess. <laughs> The kids all stand on chairs in front of the cameras. Victor tells them to get down, and Jerome tells them it's a peaceful protest. Uh, McPhee and Wrights, and I love a squad. So cute. Look at them all working together to stop the cameras. We love friendship. The, this type of scene is, like, one of my favorite types of scenes in the show, and it's just, like, all of them all being together yeah. and just, like, doing, like, some cute thing where they're all working together. Because we don't like, get that very much. I love a whole squad. I love a squad. <laughs> Victor falls asleep at his chair and is awoken by Jerome and Alfie running around the main hallway pretending to be ghosts. <laughs> we love to see it. Same Z's. Downstairs, Fabian is playing his guitar and Nina barges in. She found an article about the Frobishers and how they were accused of having stolen artifacts from Tutankhamun's tune. Um, I made the note, how did Nina get downstairs anyways? Because I it, it was implied it was like after lights out. She just snuck around. As she does. <laughs> there are cameras! <laughs> I don't know. Victor fell asleep. But, I mean, she doesn't care about And then, okay, okay, I'm going on a tangent. So did they know that Sarah was the chosen one, and is that why they stole the artifacts to, like, help her? Is this just me rambling early because I think I'm onto something? No, I think you are onto something. I never thought of that. Like, my comments were just all caps, like, oh, this is good! Yeah, why else would I just do that? I like the amount of clarity I'm having on the show in the year 2020. Because what if, like, Maybe, I guess, it seems to, like, skip a generation, so I don't think the Frobisher Smiths were, like, the chosen one, but maybe, like, some, like, their parents, like, someone's parents or aunt or someone may have been the chosen one, so then they were aware of it because of that, and then so when they had Sarah, they were like, she's the chosen one, like, she was born at the seventh hour on the seventh day, like, we have to help her eternal life, I don't know. The stuff that we pick up on because we're, like adults now watching the show yeah. and even just like i think the fact that we're like watching it one episode at a time helps too because yeah. normally i would just like binge it yeah like watching it and pausing to take notes i'm like paying extra attention i also said damn they're two robbers like that's like that's crazy too yeah it's so the illegal survives literally are just tomb raiders but maybe okay. this is why so much stuff went wrong in their life they were robbing tutankhamun's grave yeah that, that gives you <laughs> yeah because they'd be like cursed right cursed. yeah well i mean we do address that in season three kind of but you know yeah also nina literally barged in what if fabian was naked <laughs> i was thinking about that too <laughs> or like what if mick was naked i mean i guess he wasn't there where was mick what is mick? happening it's after <laughs> where was mick yeah with mara <laughs> decided <laughs> i'm just saying he was with mara like this was after lights out late Where's night mick? training wink wink training okay um i just thought the whole scene though when she walked in on fabian was really funny because he's like all propped up in front of the mirror playing guitar trying to be cool like cool i'm so cool and i just always appreciate a fabian guitar moment because we didn't get enough of those the frobishers the frobishers went to trial for the missing artifacts but were found not guilty nina and fabian believe the missing artifacts are what they are looking for and i made the note that nina's cliffhanger face in this scene is so bad (laughs) <laughs> it's like i've never like she, her cliffhanger faces are usually bad but like this one's it's 
bad, bad. <laughs> you tried, Nina. I don't I'm think she like, did. It's fine, Nina, I guess. <laughs> I'm just having a good time with, like, this whole Egypt backstory. Like, because I kind of forgot about it. Like, when I think about season one, I'm just like, yeah, they're looking for these pieces. And you don't think about, like, where the pieces came from. And it's just like... I don't think I ever registered that the furniture's mines were too robbery. Yeah, so, like, they literally stole these pieces and hid them around the house. And, like... They know, hit just... a lot of stuff around the house. We'll continue to see. Yeah, I just think it's a cool backstory. Especially in, like, Touchstone Raw. Like, man. Like, sir, what are you doing? <laughs> True. All right. The next morning, the students are trying to make their own breakfast. Amber wants to know where the brand flakes are, and I don't know why that makes me laugh. <laughs> and also, the entire scene is just, I love these kids. So chaotic. So does Trudy do the grocery shopping because there is no food in the house? I guess that would make sense. Especially if she's cooking. She's probably like planning the meals and stuff too. Yeah. So the second they fired Trudy, they weren't like, oh, these children might need food. So we should get some food for the house. In theory, that would be Victor's job now, but he probably didn't even think of it. Victor's like, nah. So they literally are just all going to starve to death. Rest in peace, these children, I guess. (laughs) That's what he wants. Patricia says she has a plan to get Trudy rehired. Victor walks into the students sitting at, in the dining room, refusing to go to class until Trudy is back. Victor says he can get them expelled. Mick leaves, followed by Mara, Elfie, and Jerome. Amber gets up next, apologizing because she's scared of the consequences. Patricia, Nina, and Fabian stay behind, refusing to go to school. Uh-oh. I said they're just sitting there coloring, which was kind of funny. Amber's files for soft toilet paper. Okay, quarantine. <laughs> Victor says he has more power than anyone can imagine, which I feel like only confirms your um, Mr. Sweet is Victor's bitch. <laughs> True. And then Alfie says his parents will kill him if he gets expelled from another school, which, what? Can we explain? Like okay. another school? So that's the thing that's confusing because it's also implied that Alfie's been there for a really long time. So was like 10 year old Alfie getting kicked out of like schools left and right? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he got kicked out of elementary school. I can get expelled from another school, which implies that he got expelled from more than one school. These writers with their one-liners that just, like, drop bombs on their backstories without explaining things. I feel like they're trying to make jokes, but the jokes they always make are like, Patricia runs away all the time. Alvin's getting expelled from school. Like, let me know. I'm confused. Like, if Alfie has been at this school since he was, like, a little kid, which it does seem to have been implied, that, like, <laughs> Alfie and Jerome and Patricia have been there kind of longest, right? I think so. So, Alfie has been at this school since he was probably, like, young, young. So, he was getting expelled from multiple schools as a child. What was he doing that got him expelled? Like, what would a child have to do? To get expelled. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. That is, like, the entire mood right there. Like, what did a child do to get expelled? (laughs) Like, unless his parents sent him to, like, a really, really strict school and he was just being kind of, like, the way Alfie is and being kind of just, like, goofy and stuff and they got so mad at him for being goofy that he got kicked out. I can see that, though, because of, like, his parents seem very, like, especially his dad, like, hold him to the highest standard, expect a lot out of him, like, which we'll see when his parents come later in the season. So maybe they put him in this, like, super prestigious, like, primary school there, like, and, and like, he just didn't fit in right. And he was just, like, goofing around, and they're like, you're expelled for being like... But he fit right into the chaotic whatever this school's well, called. here's the thing, and I guess this is where, like, that good, good at Descendants plot, kind of his plot hole, 
because you'd think that they would know Alfie's a descendant, they know Patricia's a descendant, they know Jerome and Joy are descendants. So you'd think that be a reason to like they'd have to do something really, really, really awful to get expelled, right? Like terrible. Yeah. Also, is that maybe why they think Joy's the chosen one? Is because she's also a descendant, so like it just makes more sense. Oh, maybe. I'm here with the conspiracy theories and the one more You're in love with our savior twenty twenty. <laughs> One more conspiracy theory going off of Alfie getting expelled. So what if his parent, like this school was like really gunning for Alfie to go to this school because uh-huh. he's a descendant, but his parents don't know he's a descendant. Um, so they are like, no, we want him to go to this really prestigious school. Like we're not going to go to Anubis school, whatever. Or Emmon <laughs> Academy. I don't know. Um, so then Mr. Sweet and all, and Victor and all of them are like, but we need him. He's a descendant. So they did some scheming to get Alfie expelled from this school so that he would come to their school. Okay, so Ooh, that, like, that makes- kind of plays into my headcanon that Patricia's scholarship is more because I think her parents would spend more money or more care on Piper's education. And I'm kind of convinced that they sent the scholarship for Patricia is more like a bribery to convince her parents to send her there versus yeah. a necessity. But why were the people not sense. gunning for Piper when Piper is the same level as a descendant as Patricia is as they are twins? Or were her parents just like, nah, Piper's a musical genius, like, she's not coming to your school, but we'll send you the other one. Well, that's why I wonder if Piper was already, like, at, like, some prestigious music school, and then, like, assuming, like, the school, like, saw Piper's grades, saw Piper's, like, talents or whatever, and they were, like, gunning for her, but then they saw, oh, can't get her, but she's got a twin sister, <clears throat> Maybe. Because, like, arguably, the school would have won it, Piper. T- and, again, when we say this stuff, we pretend that in season one, that the writers, or in season two, when they introduced Piper, that the writers had any idea that they were going to do the sentence plot, which I doubt. Yeah, yeah we like to pretend that they had this stuff planned. Yeah, we're going to pretend that the sentence plot, in, in the canon of Anubis, House of Anubis, if we're going to ignore the fact that the writers probably didn't have this planned, like, obviously that Piper's a descendant in Delhi Code Anubis school, and that before Alfie got expelled from his other schools that, like, we would have, they would have known he was a descendant. We're going to pretend that, like, <laughs> this is in their universe. This was planned. And not yes, just us yes. being like, this is a really annoying plot hole. This, this, this <laughs> issue, I love the descendants plot, Me but too. it introduces so many issues with, like, the whole, you know, Piper thing. I yeah. think Poppy goes to the same school and Poppy's also a descendant. True. Alfie and Joy have no siblings. <laughs> as far as we know. It's just a lot. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, going back to this breakfast setting where everyone just walked out, um, Mari's excuse to go back to school cracked me up. She just goes, there's a class on sea cows I really want to hit. Like, What? What a nerd! But also, like, I feel you because I love manatees, and I would probably also be really excited about a class on them. So I understand. <laughs> but then, like, the trio, the trio we're left with is a trio. I feel like we don't see very often. It's just Fabian, Patricia, and Nina. Oh, I so I was like, it. huh, this is fun. Yeah, we never that. Mr. Sweet calls Mick into his office, and Elsie tells him not to go because Joy went into the office and never returned. Mick's dad has come to the school. IBM says Mick's dad's name is Rory, and I don't know why that made me giggle. Yeah, I saw they. Someone mentioned they called him Rory. Oh, so I think Mr. Sweet. Did. Oh, Miss Andrews did. Was like, hi, Rory, <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's a fun name, Rory. 
I just, uh, I have um, pillow pets named Alfie and Rory, though the Rory was after Rory from Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> That's very 2011 that of me to so have rough. pillow pets named Alfie and Rory. That sounds like you asked Tumblr in 2012 to name your pillow pets. <laughs> <laughs> like, those were my favorite characters in 2012. So, Alfie just being like, last time that happened with Joy, she never came out, and then he does this little, like, neck-cutting, like, motion like she's dead. <laughs> Honestly, the show really did make a lot of this person's dad jokes, and we do not talk about it enough. <laughs> if Joy was really dead, it would be not funny. Especially because they still, like, really don't know where she is. Alfie's like, Joy could be dead, but I'm gonna joke about it. Um, Joy be where? Right. <laughs> not nice of you. It's like, you guys are supposed to date soon. Like, calm down. Mark comes in looking for Mr. Sweet. Mick introduces his dad tomorrow before his, as the girl who's gonna help him with, like, his application. His dad says Mick won't need Mara's help. Mara tells Mick about her pushy parents standing up to his dad for him. Mara asks his dad why he can't let Mick do what he's good at. Oh, I said this is cute. This scene is really cute. Like, his dad's like, oh, like, you've really taken an interest in my son. Like, why are you helping him so much? And she's just like, that's because I care about him. And I just die. Oh, sorry. Okay. This is gonna be me all episode, guys. This is like a really Megara heavy batch yeah. of episodes. I'm just she's on her over here. She's crying. doing good. She's on some old shit. I'm, yeah, this is some real old shit. I'm still Mara Campbell on Tumblr, so I I should go back to Piper Lewis. For you the should of it. Maybe when we get to season two. <laughs> I'm some Taylor Swift URL anyway. Back at the house, Fabian has figured out out what the numbers mean, which happened to be the year Tutankhamun's tomb was discovered and I know y'all aren't reading my notes but I spell Tutankhamun three different ways that are all wrong because <laughs> I was not looking up how to spell it I don't know how to spell it either I said flirty flirt oh Patricia and uh, not Patricia I said Patricia and baby and okay season three baby <laughs> and Anita are being very flirty. Oh, I know why I said Patricia, because I wrote Patricia on the next line. If they're trying to prevent Patricia from hearing them, because Patricia is literally right there, they're being loud. I know. It's like, it's been, it's been so interesting, this episode, as they're doing mystery stuff with Patricia, because there's like some stuff they're letting, and they're like, oh, like, look, we found this thing and this thing, and then, then sometimes they'll go off alone, and they're like, trying not to let Patricia hear, and I'm like, is she in Sabuna or not? Like, like decide. They will not pick a lane. Um, at school, Amber runs into Mick's dad. She decides to tell him what's happening at the house. Honestly, this was super funny. I don't know. She's like, hey, what's up? Let's go have coffee. She said, like, let's have a mocha chino or something. Like, they're best friends. So then I was, like, again on, like, the backstory stuff. I wonder how long Mick and Amber dated and how much time she spent with his family while they were dating. Because she seems like she's really close with his dad. That makes me think they were dating for, like, at least a year. Maybe more. Yeah, because, like, they're at boarding school. So it's yeah. not like they would regularly see... Like, it's not like when you're in a normal, like, high school and if you're dating someone... Like, you'd you go to their house. You have yeah. to go to their parents' house to see them. But they both lived in the same house. Yeah. At a boarding school. But they honestly were dating long enough that she, like, saw his family enough times that she's close with his dad. Yeah. So, where's the Mick for backstory, guys? <laughs> Wait, hold up. So, we know Amber's dad's a businessman and... I, we don't really know what Mick's dad does. Is he a business person? Does it say more in season two what he does? I don't really know. I get that vibe. Yeah, he, he seems to like be like some type of business person. I feel like something. a lot of their parents are business people just because this is a 
expensive ass school. So I was gonna say, um, consider uh, Amber and McTamley's families are like long term friends, and that's how they met when they actually started dating. Mary's song is this Mary's song? Yes. Yes. And they actually started dating before they went to the school or like maybe Amber was going to the school first and like her parents convinced Mick's parents to send him there too because it was like so great and like you know consider that's really cute and that actually makes a lot of sense because she seems like she's yes. kind of best friends with Big Dad. Oh, I love and this so much. Big Dad didn't act like it was weird. He was like, oh yeah, hey, what's up, Amber? Let's go hang out and have coffee. So like, that would make a lot of sense yes. like, if their dads are friends and they've known each other for like, since they were and like- their daddies used to joke about oh, the two oh, of us. <laughs> I think this double episode should just be called House of Who Do We Actually Ship Mick with at this point? House of Mick. Just House of Mick. And we said Mick being too. House of needs we ship Mick with literally everyone. Mick rights, guys. House of Mick rights. House of Mick rights. This is probably one of Mick's biggest episodes. Yeah. He deserves it. Victor's upstairs watching the cameras and he sees Fabian and Nina in the main hall. Fabian throws his blazer over the camera to block the view so Nina can look for the clue. I um thought it was going to be like the woolly sweater so I almost just made the note. <laughs> R- this is R.I.P. Fabian skin. <laughs> I wrote Fabian was just like I didn't highlight this but yeah he was just like oh you can get your money back the camera's effective and he's laughing so hard and I felt like it was very Brad like having talked to Brad it felt like it was very Brad <laughs> like he was not acting it was just Brad <laughs> <laughs> like just that moment also like I know we're supposed to suspend our disbelief when we're watching TV and movies sometimes but there was no way Victor did not see Nina like he was literally right like on the railing where you can look down and she's right there. There's no way she he didn't see her. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes they really should have gotten caught for a lot of the stuff they do and they don't. They just get away with it because it's the TV show. <laughs> I mean, they also probably should have all been suspended by now, but you know. <laughs> the only time they get suspended like in season three. Sounds and like- it only lasts for like a day. Everyone has a protest. I love the Anubis kids so much. Save the Anubis five. <laughs> Me? Same. <laughs> they really do be Gryffindor. They do. Okay, Mr. Campbell says he'll remove Mick from the school. He storms into Mr. Sweet's office. He says if the cameras aren't removed and Trudy isn't re- rehired, he will be removing Mick at once. Oh, Oh, I thought this was, scene was kind of funny because Mara, like, sees Amber talking to Mick's dad before Mick says this, and then he's, like, she tells Mick, like, oh, Amber talked to your dad, and then, like, he said, you're leaving this school, so then Mick is, like, Amber, I'm gonna kill her, and then Amber just, like, creeps up behind Mick and Mara. <laughs> but then Mr. Sweet's, like, Trudy can stay, or, like, Mick's dad, no, Mick's dad says Trudy can stay, and then they're all so hyped. <laughs> but I thought it was so funny, like, oh, like, the also that I feel like Mara implied to Mick that Amber just somehow like told her his dad that Mick can't go to the school anymore. Right? Like Mick broke up with me, kick him Kicking out him of out. the school, and Mick's dad would just be like, "Yeah, I'll do that." <laughs> like that's like the best part about the scene is there's just so much chaos because no one's actually like knows what's happening. Mara just like overheard like part of it. It was like, <gasps> Mick's leaving the school. I know. Which oh, stay tuned, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I mean, but then you You ain't seen nothing yet. Okay, Nina, Fabian, and Patricia are looking at the new clue and decide to look under the stairwell. Vic- Victor goes to the school to meet with Mr. Sweet and Miss Andrews. Victor is also convinced to remove the cameras by Mr. Sweet and Miss Andrews and also to rehire Trudy. This is the scene in which Miss Andrews calls Mick's dad Rory, so confirmed. Also, Victor's trying to get Mr. Sweet to, like, agree with him, and he's like, no. Yeah, Mr. Sweet, stand up to Victor. Yeah, Eric, I love you. (laughs) Mr. Sweet, maybe you could have had a relationship with your son for the past 16 years if you were not Victor's bitch. (laughs) (laughs) The tea is scalding today. While looking under the stairs, they find a picture of Victor from 1925. Patricia tells them to hurry up before telling them they look like they've seen a ghost, to which Nina replies, I think we have. So, like, there's this thing, I think, was it season one or season Season two? two? Season two. Season two, where we, like, had this whole theory that Fabian and Nina were gonna, like, have sex in a cupboard or something. I don't fully remember what happened, because they were hiding in a cupboard together. They're in the same kind of position here where they're under the stairs, so I said I'm surprised that we weren't making those kind of comments about them here. But the problem is that Patricia's there, so, you know, it's Fabina hooking up under the stairs, but also Patricia? Patricia wasn't, like, hearing them, though, because apparently she didn't hear them say this is a picture of Maybe she's just like, they're probably nerded out and I'm bored, so not paying attention. She's like, I'm gonna zone out. So, um, I guess we have to pick a brain cell for the episode, and I said Amber. Yeah, I mean, she, like, single-handedly saved the house from both the cameras, which helps Sabuna, and got Trudy back, which is just important in general, so. Go her! We love Amber in this house. Most of the time. Oh, yeah. Usually. And so then, ship of the episode, I said, make Trisha, because you'll find out why in the next one. Mm-hmm. I wrote, I must have deleted it, or just someone else deleted it, I must have deleted it accidentally. <laughs> I said Amber and Nick's dad, not, like, romantically, just as best friends, my like, favorite. <laughs> 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 my bro TV. <laughs> Amber and Nick's dad, not, not, I don't ship them romantically, I'm clarifying this, I think they're best friends. Uh, but I also, like... I would nominate Mikara, but we can give McTrisha this one because I'm going to be all about Mikara. Yeah, I already said, I agreed with you for next episode. So um, I guess on that note, a word from our sponsor. All right, so we are back and now we're going to recap House of Scares, House of Fakers, which is one of my favorite episodes. I'm so excited. (laughs) All right, strap in. The episode starts and the cameras are being uninstalled in the house, but Victor is still threatening that he is still watching, so... Oh, why is Victor threatening the teen? Like, he specifically <laughs> told minor females that he is still uh, watching them. Yeah, uh, creepy. Not good. Okay, Victor. <laughs> so, at school, Fabian's talking to the rest of Sabuna, and he's telling them that he woke up early that morning, and he found a leather copy of The Time Machine by H.G. Wells under the stairs. <laughs> he thinks that the book could be a place where yesterday follows tomorrow, but he hasn't found any clues in the book yet. Oh, so before this scene, like, as they're transitioning to the scene, we see, like, a brief shot of the classroom, and Jerome is high-fiving, like, a really, a random person, like, an extra, and why? They're interacting with the other students at the school that aren't at Anubis' house? Is this Jerome's, like, weird homework business? Like, was he high-fiving this guy because of this? Like, why do we see Jerome high-fiving a random person? It wasn't Alfie, it wasn't Anubis' kid, it was literally, like, a random guy. I don't know. 
Maybe he does have friends. Jerome has yeah. friends? <laughs> I have friends. I... No, Honestly, that do be Jerome in season three, though, because he really has no friends in season three. <laughs> and he's like, Joy! <laughs> Let down. I'm, I only friends with a dog too. That's a lie. I'm hanging out with Brett right now. I was like, uh, lies. Me hanging out with Brett up me. My only friend is like three dogs. Like, well, okay, fine. So Amber asks to see the old picture of Victor that they found, and she wonders if Victor is a ghost or a vampire. Fabian thinks it's just confirmation that an elixir of life exists. So Amber thinks that they now have enough proof to go tell someone, but Fabian says that pictures can be doctored, so they can't really prove anything with it. So Nina's like, the best proof that they can get is actually getting their hands on the elixir. So they all agree that they're going to sneak into the cellar to go get it. Meanwhile, Jerome is standing there eavesdropping the whole time. Oh, Amber with the Victor is a vampire theory. And then I made the note, why does Brad sound extra British here? (laughs) I wrote... You started this club, you named it everything, is their reasoning to convince Amber to go along with them. <laughs> yeah, because she didn't want to go in the cellar, right? I don't appreciate the implication that Victor would have just randomly photoshopped himself into a picture that looks, like, really old just for funsies and leave it around. Well, I thought that the police would think, like, they doctored it. Uh, like, they are pulling a prank or something. That makes more sense. <laughs> I thought you like, that there was, like, that they thought, like, Victor was photoshopping. Yeah. All right, so then we go to the, like, the student lounge drama club room area, and we hear Jerome telling Alfie, I have the opportunity for the best prank of the year. (laughs) Okay. So uh, Jerome is once again starting pranks, and Alfie is just rolling with it. Will Alfie ever come up with the pranks on his own? Is Alfie really a prankster like we think he is? Stay tuned. Okay, hold Uh, on, hold on, hold on. I know we just mentioned Jerome having no other friends, but I was scrolling the HOA tag on Tumblr and incorrect Subuna quotes, Elfie and Mara watching Jerome hugging an unknown person. Mara, does Jerome have friends? Elfie, equally confused. No, we're it. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that. (laughs) Me when I see Jerome high-fiving some random man. (laughs) So then we cut over to Patricia and Mara. Patricia asks where Mara was, and she says that she was with Mick working on his training. Mara is so excited because she's going to be seeing him every single day that week for training, but Patricia warns that he's a heartbreaker. I thought it was cute how hyped Mara is to see Mick. Like, she doesn't see him after school at home. She's like, wow, I'm gonna see Mick. But it's, like, one-on-one yeah, time. Yeah, they're hanging out. You know? like, like, they're not just, like, see each other the hell. Yeah, like, when your crush is, like, let's do things just us, and you're like, oh. <laughs> but also, all right. Is it, is it happening? Yeah. Is, this, is it happening? All right. It's time for our weekly tangent. What kind of nonsense will it be today? It's the tangent of the week. Did uh, did Mick break Patricia's heart? Because why is she calling him a heartbreaker? The only evidence we have of him being a heartbreaker is breaking up with Amber, but his reason for breaking up with Amber was very valid, and I would not call that heartbreaker material, so what? And Patricia seem like she's that close with Amber like the Patricia like care that much like I know Amber was upset about the breakup obviously and she was sad but like heartbreaker implies Mick is running around like with all these girls like breaking all their hearts and that doesn't seem like what Mick's doing exactly uh I I said it last night on Twitter and I will say it here I because again I will go on my Patricia bullshit but I don't think I it's one of those things where it's more of like an unrequited like one-sided crush that I have deep feelings for and I think that's really what it comes down to is I think she had a crush on him and it just never panned out, never went anywhere. And she still sat slightly kind of hurt from it. I agree. Especially because I bet if she had a crush on him, 
sometimes for me if I like someone the only way to get over them is to like meet someone else like to like fully get over them and she doesn't have Eddie yet she might still have some like residual feelings even if she's like mostly over it yeah even if he like even if I don't know she probably would have never said anything to Mick I doubt she would have ever said anything to Mick maybe she like had a thing for Mick and he was kind of dating Amber, and then she's, like, kind of hurt by that, but she's not really over it, so she's calling him a heartbreaker. I put the eyes emoji. Especially because I think Patricia will tend to, like, put people down in defense of herself when, you know, when she's in a vulnerable place. Yeah. Because, like, why else would she be that mad about, like, she's being overprotective of Mara, but it doesn't seem like she necessarily, unless she has feelings for Mick, has reason to think that Mick is gonna, like, do anything to hurt Mara. Mm-hmm. So, uh, McTricia is real. Yeah. It's an unrequited one-sided crush. If you're not hooked on McTricia by the end of this episode. We're, we're trying to convince people that I sw- Patricia has an unrequited crush on Mick. Alright, so, our friend Megan, she's, like, the one who kind of created the McTricia headcanon, right? Yes. So here's the backstory to Megan is Megan can like literally give me any headcanon and turn it into this huge thing and then send me down an entire spiral, i.e. the Ben and Eddie brother thing. And I one of my favorites. Ben and Piper. Being Iconic. Ship. Iconic other than me being a Pipey shipper, but it's fine. Yeah, so me really, and Megan are at war. <laughs> Megan is like the queen of amazing headcanon. So we actually had her send us in a clip yeah. of her talking about McTricia so she can explain it. We haven't listened to it yet, so we're going to listen to it right now. We're listening to it live on the podcast. Hi, I'm Megan from America, and this is the history of McTricia, a.k.a. Patricia had a crush on Mick. Patricia said, I like Mick. And Mara said, you're just jealous. And immediately some of us, Sarah, Vivian, Weedy, and I, and likely a few others said, um, excuse me, and proceeded to dive down into a rabbit hole that we've never crawled out of. We made videos, GIF sets, fix, and screamed back and forth at each other about this for years. And now you're coming along with us for the ride. Congratulations to catch us up to today's episode. In Mick's first scene, Patricia was smirking and eyeing him up as he walked by her. Mara and Patricia are behind Mick in the school photo. If Joy with Fabian was intentional, so were they. Patricia is sad or alone in the kitchen at Mick and Amber's party. That directly parallels Mara. In the I Love You drama scene, she turns to Mick in particular to stress that she saw the man outside. That's a parallel to Mick stressing to just her why he had to leave the sit-in. Patricia chose to sit next to Mick during the Romeo and Juliet drama class. That's suspicious, as is the way Mick is sitting toward her in terms of body language. Patricia supported Mara's crush right up until it had a chance of becoming a real relationship, and then all of Patricia's feelings came out. It sounded as though she had first-hand knowledge about Mick. I'm not going to get into the rest of season one's hints because they will be coming up soon on the Anubis Backwards podcast, so have fun looking for those. I will say, though, that the smartest girl in the school thought that the best way to attract Mick was to become Patricia in every way, and just enough said there. Season 2 is quite a long way off for the podcast, but it really put more weight into the theory. Just to touch on that a little bit, Patricia is completely shocked and then really sad to hear that Mick is leaving, but why though? When after everything she said in Season 1, they're not really friends. We learned through Eddie that Patricia was on the soccer team. All of the talk, even from Patricia, about certain girls not having anything in common with Mick. And the entire time, Patricia had something major in common with him all along. That's really interesting. She's not exactly written as sporty, so the question is, why did she join the football team in the first place, and why did she quit and never speak of it again? 
Later on, Patricia, who already has plenty in common with Eddie, suggested jogging and ballroom as shared interests they could have. Those are two things that Patricia hates, but we saw Mick doing the most in season one. Are you picking up what I'm putting down with all of this? I know I really didn't get too in-depth into this, and I'm probably not selling the ship at all to anyone, and you're thinking, yeah, you're reading too much into things, and you're, you might be right. Um, <laughs> but here's the summary. Patricia seems to have first-hand knowledge of how Mick treats girls. Once things started to calm down for her, she started showing more interest in him in season one. I personally believe that before we met them, Patricia joined the soccer team because she was young and had a crush on a boy and wanted something in common with him or wanted an, or wanted an excuse to spend more time with him. Maybe something happened between them, maybe not. Either way, he intentionally, or just because he's Mick and he didn't have any idea, ended up breaking Patricia's heart. She quit the team because she never cared about it in the first place, and now she has this weird thing against Mick. Do we ship this? Not exactly. But it's angsty and painful to think about, and therefore we're so down for it. A big thank you to Laura, Bryn, and Weedy for allowing this nonsense on their podcast. Sabuna shout out to all of you out there listening. I'm not plugging my social medias, so direct your McTricia thoughts and theories to the podcast. And now I'm breaking up with you. Be a letter. Eddie is going to give it to you. Goodbye. <laughs> Season three, when Ben gets here, we all know that I have opinions. <laughs> Megan. Oh, God. Just, <laughs> I mean, Laura's sitting across from me. How many times did my jaw just go, <gasps> like, I just... <laughs> I'm shocked that I missed somehow in 2012 yeah. or 2011 all of you guys being into I don't know how I missed this, too. The people she name-dropped, herself, you, Sarah and Vivian, yeah. are people I talk to yeah. all the time, then, in now. Me, too, so... Confused. Okay. Mind blown. Also, Amazing. I'm really happy... She called you weedy because I still almost I slip up and call you weedy all the time. You're weedy in my, You're weedy in my heart. I know. It's just weird that I've like dropped that as my persona. I know. Like in my heart, you're weedy and I call you weedy and it's on my phone. Yeah. Your name is weedy because I'm like, I forget that your name is Emily. I mean, like not that I forget that your name is Emily, but like. You've been weedy to me since 2009. So. Yeah. It's weird that, like, that's not what you are anymore. But there's one more clip here I'm going to pull up. I, she said I was also going to say, it's weird that there are people I'm friends with now who don't know me from that persona. You, like, <laughs> don't even know what we would be talking about if we told you that. Okay, so here's the second clip. I would just say to Patricia in the wise words of Amber Millington, everyone fancies Mick. What makes you so different? And I would argue that she's not different. And she had a big old crush on Mick. I like how she added a second clip just to say that. <laughs> so good. All right. So right, Megan, I mean, she really just nailed it on the head. Obviously, this is her hit canon. I think I think there's a lot of really good evidence for Patricia having a crush on Mick. And again, like she said, it's like the ship isn't necessarily something we ship. It's just like a theory. It's just like a theory. I'm yeah. not saying they should <laughs> date. I don't know if they would be compatible, but I love the idea that she had a crush on him. It's very backed up by today's episode and i am so surprised i didn't pick up on this until now again on things that we're picking up on rewatching very slowly episode by episode to take notes patricia was acting real suspicious when a couple episodes ago mara was like i kind of like mick and patricia was like cool go for it and all of a sudden she's like no he's gonna break your heart you should never date mick you have nothing in common with him okay patricia yeah. what's happening well that's like honey because <laughs> I know Megan sent me this stuff like a few times and mentioned it to me a few times so like it's stuff like I've like, I'll be like oh I remember that lie but like now like 
rewatching it and looking specifically for these things, it's like a whole other ball game. And I'm like, I think if we were this like theoried full in 2012, this actually could have been a way, way, way stronger headcanon. And I don't, I still don't want to say it would have been a shit, but like, I'm just here for the angst. Yes, me too. And the backstory. Who and Mick goes to season two? Walk him out to the cab. Joy and Patricia. Moy and Patricia confirm. <laughs> and then Mara comes. And then for all you petty shippers that are still trying to wrap your head around this, in a way, the Patricia having a crush on Mick headcanon actually makes Petty e- even like sweeter. Because like not only is Eddie Patricia's first boyfriend, but if you think of it as like she has put herself out there and like fallen for someone in the past but they didn't have the same feelings it makes it so much better when someone actually does have the feelings back for her and so it just makes petty even more special well that's like like kind of the other thing that would play into a like play into like confirmation about the headcanon is that we do see that she's very 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 scared to put herself out there and she admits she's scared to put herself out there she admits that she likes him but she doesn't want to put herself out there and that's why a lot of the times it's like Eddie's making the first move and she's not. But it makes so much sense because like if Patricia had never been hurt by someone before, mm-hmm. I mean, she could still be like worried about getting hurt, but I feel like she was really guarding her heart. Like, yeah. Well, that's like personal experience too. Like, I feel like you become that way when like you put yourself out there and it kind of hasn't worked out and you kind of like, yeah. Either if you dated someone and you broke up and that hurt, but like we know that Patricia never had a boyfriend before Eddie and like never kissed any boy before Eddie, right? That's what yeah. she said. Yeah. Or she she either put herself out there and got her. Obviously, it wasn't from an ex boyfriend, so it was obviously like some type of situation that didn't end up happening, didn't end up working out. Well, that's like the other thing because we never got like a canon explanation as to why they broke up between seasons, other than Jay did tweet that. Patricia was like scared of how serious they got which I think also goes back to this like you're not you don't just become that scared to put yourself out there like out there and you you're not just like that scared to be in like a committed really like you I guess you are if like but there's obviously some sort of backstory you don't just like decide like you know you're not just wired that way yeah, your sure. wires have to get crossed along the way to be be like to, that scared yeah yeah so the fact that, like, she could have, like, Mick and, like, either maybe something happened and it didn't work out, like, not something happened for real, but, like, something maybe was potentially happened or just, like, she liked Mick and, like, it never worked out with them, like, kind of makes a lot of sense with Patricia being the way that Patricia is. <laughs> so, yeah, that is our Mictricia <laughs> tangent. And we'll, we'll probably be pointing out more moments for sure in this episode and probably throughout the rest of the I'm season on, one and two. But at least now you know the backstory. <laughs> officially on that headcanon now in 2020. It's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> we found some new shit to be on. Taylor was right. She's always we found right. some new shit as Matricia. All right. So after that, just a refresher because we just talked forever. This is, you know, uh, Patricia just like kind of shot down Mara's excitement for liking Mick, basically. Um, so now we're in class and Mr. Winkler announces that the signups for the play auditions are next week and he checks in with Amber and Nina about how the script is going, which I, she hasn't really written much, but she's like, yeah, it's fine. Um, and then as class starts, Nina confides in Fabian that she's a little worried about using Sarah's story for the play, but that's it. They're still going with that. I wrote the note, Patricia isn't even in the scene, but Surrey play illicit affairs. Where is Patricia? Aren't they supposed to be in drama class? Mm-hmm. 
Probably. I think she's probably sitting there probably with Mara, but maybe they just didn't talk. <laughs> well, that one time Nina and Amber were in drama class, so That's I'm true. really confused why these kids just don't go to drama class. <laughs> oh, Amber Loki throwing Nina under the bus about the script, though. Yeah, she's like, Nina's all over it. Girl, you're supposed to be writing the script, too, but okay, right. Amber. <laughs> Mr. Winkler says to sign your autograph on the sign-up tree, which I thought was funny. <laughs> I feel like... I forgot, I don't know if I wrote this later or not, but I like when we get these scenes with Jason where he is just being a teacher and it's not weird because I do feel like he'd probably be a really cool teacher because he seems like really energetic and excited. Yeah, I'd like Making jokes about signing your autograph on things. (laughs) (laughs) So after school, Mara is training Mick and he's teasing her that he didn't expect her to have such a cruel side. And she's like, well, what did you expect it to be like? And he says, like Mara. And she's like, what do you mean like Mara? And he's like, bright, studious, sensible, humane. So she playfully hits him with her clipboard because she's like sensible. And then he, she like sends him off on another run. And like, guys, the chemistry in this scene is immaculate. They're so cute. <laughs> I was like freaking out. I still love them. It's as if I was watching this in 2011. <laughs> like all the flirty glances, the banter, the t- Oh God, they're so good. This is, is so, so good. Right now I can confess. <laughs> <laughs> she staring at me. I'm like talking with my hand. <laughs> Brenna is vibrating at a completely normal frequency right now. Oh, and I just I really appreciate it and also maybe this is why I appreciate them still I, this is how I flirt with people too is like the teasing like banter so I'm like this is my shit this is Very great cute. I said they're cute and I said also there's a scene like part of the scene Mara like it's they're like flirting and then like Mara like sends Mick on the run and he runs off and Mara's just like looking at him and I said is she checking out Mick's butt because I <laughs> he has gray sweatpants on y'all know what that means <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Bobby Lockwood, but I'm not really. But I'm not sorry. Thirst over Bobby Lockwood. <laughs> I like how I could also flirt with thirst over Bobby, but because we are technically the same age, but for some reason, thirsting over Bobby feels weird for me. Listening <laughs> to you two thirst over Bobby, I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> but me myself, like, mm, better not. You said that you had pop inspo. Oh, I was like, Brian, look at my OTP, me pop inspo. And then I put, they do be cute. Also, I don't understand Mara's outfit here. Yeah, it's not one of her better looks. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I, like, she's wearing, <laughs> a, wearing, like, like, is she, like, also, like, participating, like, running with him or, like, doing some, like, vague athletic exercises where she, like, needs to, like, wear long pants or, like, are they tights or leggings? Because that's what they were leggings. I don't know. They kind of look like leggings. And, like, girl, you are wearing a dress that comes past your knees. Those are not necessary. Maybe she's cold. Could be. I don't know. Oh, well, it happened either way. <laughs> it, was, it is 2011, which that's is true. very questionable in the fashion, fashion trends. Well, I feel like wearing leggings, like you didn't used to wear leggings as pants. Yeah. You used to only wear leggings under like a dresses and stuff. Dress. And I think it was around this time it started to like transition. I think because I remember it was like, tw- I think 2012 or 2013 was the first time I was like, oh, maybe I can wear leggings as pants. Yeah, like, I feel like they used to be thinner than they are now. Yeah. Like, now that they're thick and you can, like, wear them as pants. But I used to be like, ooh, wearing leggings as pants. Alright, so, uh, when Sabuna gets back to Anubis' house, Trudy is back and they're all so excited to see her. Uh, when they walk away, though, Victor walks up to Trudy and warns her not to listen to the students' conspiracy theories. And Trudy immediately apologizes and is like, can we just put all this behind them? I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, she didn't deserve that because... Victor is, like, making Trudy feel like she's the bad guy and the one that did something wrong when she did nothing wrong and she doesn't deserve that. So mad at Victor in the scene. And I'm happy they're all so happy to see Trudy. It's really cute. Yeah, it was cute. Um, also, I made the note that the scene low-key confirms that Trudy probably does some of the kids' chores for them. 
<laughs> probably. Probably. The house was a mess and they had no food and it was like the giant chaotic universe. Okay, but, like, I don't get when the kids would be able to like do their own grocery shopping and like but like yeah, well, Trudy yeah. and Victor would have to be the ones doing it and I doubt like yeah. I think the kids don't have a car or what? No, yeah. Like, I guess they could walk into town, but I assume that like there's like a school card or something that they'd put the grocery like Trudy would put the grocery bill probably. on. But like the kids probably yeah, don't have the access to that and like would the school give them access to that? No, because they would just buy whatever the hell they wanted to buy, which I doubt you would trust like a bunch of teenage kids to go grocery shopping for themselves. Like they would be like, I'm buying like candy and like whatever they want to buy. Like, would you trust a bunch of like 16 year old kids to go grocery shopping for themselves with the school credit card? Nope. (laughs) Okay, so we have a store card that like our management can use to like, if we're having like a treat day, go like buy us treats. Or, yeah. like, we were putting new fixtures together and one of the, like, nails broke. And, or we were, like, short, like, things we needed. So, like, the store card is to, like, go to the hardware store and buy stuff like that. But, yeah. like, that's, like, only the managers can use it. If you are, like, an employee and you're allowed to go out with the card, like, if you can, like, you, the purchases are so heavily monitored. Like, have to have receipts to back up everything. So like, I don't think like, the same thing would be in place with the school. Like I'm sure like Trudy has like a school card or whatever to pay for groceries. I don't know if like she'd have to pay for like shampoo, conditioner, soaps and stuff, which I'd assume she would also probably provide. Yeah, she would probably just get them like whatever they needed for house because Amber also requested like toilet paper or yeah. something when like they were talking to Victor about what they wanted. So like I'm assuming that like Trudy probably gets them like toiletries groceries like anything they might need from the store and then like if they go into the town that's probably like a smaller area where there's like less things yeah that they could just like get anything they want it for themselves but i'm assuming that trudy probably is in charge of like most of their stuff most stuff that they would need yeah definitely it's probably like covered by like their tuition or whatever their room and board or whatever their parents are paying for the school hey maybe one of our listeners goes to a boarding school in the uk how does it work do you have a house mother is this all just fiction yeah like how does boarding school how does boarding school because like obviously college is kind of boarding school but you're on a meal plan it's a different situation and you're like an adult yeah you're not 16 yeah so that was a fun tangent (laughs) like you have more access to going and getting your own things yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you didn't want, which I mean, most college meal plans, the food isn't great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're back at training now, and Mick is running, and he hits a new PR, and he's so excited when he finishes that he, like, runs up to Mara and hugs her and picks her up and spins her around, and then when he puts her down, he, like, doesn't let go. And so, like, they're still embracing, and they're just, like, staring into each other's eyes, and then he kisses her, and it's so cute, and I just love their first kiss so much. Like, it's so natural, and they're just so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling Brad because she's so hype right now. It's just so good. Like, this this scene, and then, like, the scene leading up to this, like, where they're training is just, their chemistry is so good. Once this episode posts, I will post this to you on the (laughs) floor. I just love them so much. Like, I still watching this i was getting just as excited as i did in like 2011 watching this for the first time so they're the best <laughs> i mean I, said, I don't know why i didn't ship them in 2011 because they were cute mm-hmm. okay and my follow-up note is 2020 tipsy me is shocked i never legit shipped them maybe 2020 me is that person to finally ship them welcome to the mikara ship come on board <laughs> and i don't think 2011 i was dedicated to mikfer either so i don't know why i was like i don't ship this i don't think i ever didn't like ship it i think it was just a ship yeah. that was like it existed for me 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I feel that. But they are cute. Like, in season one, I was just hyped about Fabina. In season two, kind of killed that. And then I got hyped about Petty, and I was hyped about Petty still in season three. Yeah. I just... I don't... I mean, I always liked Fabian and Nina, too, the first season, obviously. Like, they're hard not to like, as we're seeing now. But for some reason, like, I don't know why Mick and Mara were the ones that they were my people. I think, I think I've said this before. I think I just see myself in Mara a lot, or especially 2011 me saw myself yeah. in 2011 Mara, but... Yeah, I don't know. And it didn't seem like, not that people didn't like them, but it seemed like a less popular canon ship to Maybe like. Maybe I shipped Jara. Maybe it did. Because I, I didn't did know kind of Jara. ship Jara in the, bleh, bleh. I was less in season two, it was season two, mm. but in season one with the like, I love you scene mm. that I talked about before, maybe yeah. when I was watching this, I was like, oh, they're cute, but like, I'm a Jara shipper, because especially around that time... I'll go back into the, like, I ship Sunny and Chad a lot, so I kind of like the, like, the, like bickering yeah. in Mick and Mara just being very cute and pure and not bickering. And I think now I'm much more drawn. I like bickering. But this is, like, the opposite attract. But, thing. yeah, I yeah. kind of like more the flirty stuff that, like, Mick and Mara are doing. I feel like I'm more like attacked it to like ships that i kind of like bickering but less of a like love hate relationship because yeah, they're kind of bickering but in like a teasy flirty yeah, way you know yeah. i like less of a love hate relationship more of a kind of we bicker but we're like friends type so mm-hmm. i feel like i'm more drawn to mikara now than i was so like i really really like the like but jar they ended up like not doing the love hate thing that ended up being more petty yeah so. But yeah, I, I feel like that might have been like because uh, I shift like Sonny and Chad so much that like my ship dynamic has kind of shifted in what I like like in ships. That makes sense. Yeah, and it even is weird because I was also like Sonny and Chad are like some of my favorite ships, and I I tended as a kid to like the love hate relationships as well. So again, I don't know why it was Mick and Mara for me, but it still is. They're cute. <laughs> we stand. <laughs> I think it's interesting that you bring up like the shift and ship dynamics and I know I like I never shipped Jara I just I never did I like rewatching the show now I really did like their dynamic like the very like little dynamic they have in season one but mm-hmm. and I think and I know we we talk about we've talked about this and I was like this will be I think the first time like you catch me on a recording where I say I think the reason I never got into Jeromara as a romantic ship is because all of their buildup comes from a place of emotional cheating and I think that's why I like just I don't know yeah I think that's why I'm like I kind of shipped them in season one but the second they actually start happening in season two it was like ew because she's still with Mick yeah also Sarah said ha 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 Brenna Mick are queen (laughs) thank you Sarah (laughs) thank you (laughs) Sarah knows what's up I agree. And also, shout out to Sarah for providing me with some really great Mick and Mara gift sets because I still look at them and like she's made all of them. Thanks, Sarah. (laughs) Thanks, Sarah. (laughs) Yeah, Jara, like, I feel like Jara, they got not like they got done dirty, but like they are unshippable. Not, I guess you can ship them if you want. I'm not going to hate on you if you like ship them in season two, obviously. I think Grace is a big Jara shipper and I love her. I know Rahi is too, yeah. But like, I think I shipped Jara in season one, but then like, and I think it's kind of sucks for like Jar shippers to like Jar did get done dirty. They, they got kind of done done dirty, mm-hmm. and Mikar got done dirty too by the way that they did the storyline in season two. Like they could have had Mick, and I think we've kind of said this before. Mm-hmm. They could have had Mick leave and Mar and Mick break up. Yeah. 
when Mick left, instead of saying, oh, we're going to still be together, but do long distance. Yeah. And then do the Jara storyline and have Mick still kind of come back and still be like, oh, maybe I can try things again with Mara when he came back from Australia and whatever. Yeah. And have the same stuff happen without Mara cheating on Mick and kissing Jerome in front of Mick when she's still technically dating Mick. That doesn't. Yeah. It's bad for it's Mara's bad. character. It's bad for both ships. Yeah. It's just bad. I think I've, well, I know I've said it and I know I've tweeted it that they definitely should have had a Mick and Mara breakup. Um, maybe Mick and Mara could have started to like be kind of flirty again on the internet, but like, like yeah. over webcam and stuff, but like they're not together. They just kind of have like this weird flirty thing because they still kind of like each other. Mm-hmm. But like, they definitely should have broken up before he went to Australia. And if they really wanted, they could have had all the Jerome Mara buildup happening and then they could have done. Mick, Mick, like Mick came back because like I don't know his dad was like visiting the, the area and he wanted to see everyone and he was like gonna try to win Mara back and like let her convince yeah. her to do long distance but like I just it, can't change yeah. the writing now yeah yeah they, they I don't know what the writers were thinking when they were like let me have Mara just basically cheat on Mick I know it's and, bad. And, and then especially because they make such a big deal out of Jerome cheating in season three. Yeah, like, Jerome cheated on Mara, and that's bad. I think he should have not cheated. Yeah. That's bad. But, like, why... Why is it okay when Mara does yeah, it? Yeah, why can Mara cheat on Jerome? I mean, uh-huh. not on Jerome, uh-huh. on Mick. Yeah. So, I'm sure we're gonna get even more into that in season two. But... Stay tuned yeah. to hear the tangent. Anyway, right now, Mikara are being cute, and we like Mikara. They're cute. Season one we're is prime, Mikara. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so, at dinner, everyone welcomes Trudy back with flowers, and they make her cake, and Mara and Patricia offer to take over dinner that night so she can rest. I said they're all so hype about Trudy, I love a squad, and then Patricia says that Alfie's gonna make Trudy too, and I thought it was kind of funny that Patricia basically just, like, made Alfie do it, (laughs) and then Alfie apparently said that he's not gonna set a fire this time, so he apparently set a fire making tea before. I'm not surprised that feels Yeah, that's that not feels a right. for Alfie. Yeah. I also kind of find it funny because I feel like Patricia probably knows that Alfie did this, so she's just, like, trolling him. <laughs> oh, Alfie will make it, huh? <laughs> it's I, Alfie? I feel like that's, like, the relationship. <laughs> she might just be trolling. Probably. Okay, so I wrote, I love a family because um, I do love a family. I love a squad. I love the, the dynamic of this, in this Chili's. And then I also, <laughs> there was a quote that says, don't cry, cook. <laughs> Yeah. That was a good line. Yeah, these episodes are kind of low in plot, but they are very good in, like, kind of squad moments. Squad moments. Which I appreciate. One-liners. That one-liners that set us on weird backstory trips. <laughs> All of them. Several tangents. Several tangents. <laughs> so when everyone disperses, Patricia asks Samara what she's so happy about, and Mara tells her that she kissed Mick, and Patricia instantly seems concerned and says Mara isn't his type, that he probably isn't going to date her because they have nothing in common, and Mara starts defending him again, and Patricia's just like, look, I'm just trying to be a good friend, and I don't want this to end in tears. And so obviously Mara gets mad and is like, well, you're just jealous. <laughs> so first of all, is Patricia jealous? Back on her McTricia shit? I appreciate how me, both me and Bren in our notes wrote something about Patricia being jealous with the little eye emojis <laughs> versus vicious. I was on my laptop, so I couldn't add that. But um, yeah, Patricia had a crush. We've been over this. And then the other thing I want to just discuss is like, even like Patricia being jealous aside, 
as a friend, Patricia is saying, like, I see you getting into this relationship that I don't think is going to end well and I'm going to call you out for it. Do you think that's okay? Or do you think that's uncalled for? Like, would you want someone to do that for you? I agree with her calling Mara out, but I think she could have gone about it better. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like I wouldn't necessarily, unless I thought that, like, do we think Patricia, like, has any reason to think, other than the theory that she has a crush on Mick, that Mick is gonna do something to hurt Mara? Because, like... Other than the fact that they have, like, nothing in common. Yeah, like, I feel like if my friend was getting involved with a guy and I thought he was bad news or treating her bad or Mm -hmm. something, like, he's, like, a player and he has, like, a really bad history of, like, breaking girls' hearts and, like, fucking around or, like, Mm -hmm. if I... I don't know, like, if he was just, like, treating her really badly and kind of, like, I thought that he was kind of, like, leading her on and messing around with her, then I might say something to her, like, hey, like, I don't want you to get hurt. Just, like, make sure kind of you know what you're doing. Be careful, just, like, yeah. Be careful. But, like, Mick is showing every sign that he likes Mara right now. Yeah. So I, and, like, as far as we know, outside of Patricia's potential feelings for Mick, Mick's only like real dating history is Amber and it doesn't seem like their relationship was unhealthy or bad yeah it literally just seems like he kind of felt like he didn't have feelings for her anymore and thought that they would be better off as friends and Amber doesn't even other than being like upset about the breakup doesn't seem to have hard feelings towards Mick yeah but it doesn't seem like Mick is like a bad boyfriend yeah so, like, I feel like in this particular situation, Patricia's being a little much because, like, while I would do that for my friend if I thought that she was in a bad situation, Patricia doesn't seem to have reason to think that Mara's in a bad situation. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well said. In conclusion, more Patricia has a crush on Mick evidence. Yeah. I also said, since when did you become such an expert on relationships? Mara to Patricia. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> I mean, me, when my coworker asked me for marriage advice and I'm like, I'm a single 23-year-old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that night, Sabuna sneaks into the basement to steal the elixir. When they get down there, they hear a weird noise and suddenly the cabinet doors open, revealing two monsters. So they all scream and run away. But then the monsters pop out and start laughing and they take their masks off and we find out it's Jerome and Alfie. So my first thought is we see them in their pajamas a lot and I realize they always wear the same pajamas and i just wondered if they have other pajamas you know they're just always wearing the same ones and i love ambers but they change pajamas between seasons and that's it yeah Yeah, in season one they only own one pair of pajamas and like i guess but like trudy is not washing their clothes every day is she or do they just wear the same pajamas like a bunch of times until Trudy apparently. does laundry? Apparently. They all said PJs, so they only want one pair of me. The wardrobe department had a low budget, so they like were like, you guys can each have one pair of pajamas for night scenes. Yeah. I do love Amber's pajamas. I, I love a big shirt. Yeah. Like. A big shirt moment. Big yeah. shirt to bed. <laughs> I feel like that, that's my like preferred pajamas unless I'm really cold. Or like a big sweatshirt and like shorts or no pants. Like. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Because they, yeah. they changed their regular clothes, but not Yeah, like. Fabian has the one pajamas. Patricia has the one pajamas. Yeah. Nina has her like robe kind of. She's got yeah. It's like this like blue. Oh yeah, her blue thing. shirt with a long sleeve shirt underneath it. Yeah. Doesn't she wear like two shirts? You know, 2011, man. Yeah, Nick and Mara were both doing the two shirts. Like, what was with the layering of the two? I'm not I not like idea. I did. I, I mean, I used to do that too, but like yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Disney Channel influencer. <laughs> True. <laughs> Alright, so the next morning at breakfast, Jerome and Alfie come in teasing everyone about getting a good night's sleep and ask if anyone heard a cat last night. 
So Amber instantly breaks and was like, it was me screaming, but you would scream too if you were cornered by zombies. And everyone in Saboon is honestly like, oh my god, like, shut up now, like, stop it. <laughs> so Alfie quickly starts telling her a story about two teachers that were buried alive under the house. And Sabuna quickly realizes that it was Jerome and Alfie that were the zombies in the basement. And so Jerome's like, what were you guys doing down there anyway? And everyone just immediately goes silent. I wrote the cliffhanger faces. Don't know what I was talking about, but okay. Alfie eating tro- toast off of Patricia's plate. Cute. Patrovi. Love it. <laughs> the strange. Oh, okay. So then Jerome said something about the strange, unpredictable world that is Amber's mind. And I said, Jamber. Mm, I didn't catch that. Love a Jamber moment. I guess Jerome was kind of flirting with Amber and Patricia here. Wow. Jerome. Love that player. Jerome should be known for being a heartbreaker. I feel like Jerome has the reputation that Patricia is acting like Mick has. Mm. I would tell Mara not to date Jerome. Yes. <laughs> Amber says something was, like, scary, but not as scary as when her dad froze her. <laughs> Amber, p- people are dying, Kim. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, and I said Jerome calls Sabuna out. She knows they're he, not she. J- he, Jerome knows they're up to something. Yeah. So then after everyone falls silent, because obviously they don't want to reveal what they're doing in the basement, Mara walks in for breakfast and she's all cheery and she's like, good morning, Mick and others. <laughs> And Mick doesn't seem as enthusiastic. And I'm just, you know, Mara is me. I am Mara. Good morning, Mick. And others. I wrote that that line is definitely you and Laura. (laughs) We bring up Mick just randomly. (laughs) No, us is good morning, Bobby Lockwood. And others. Bobby Lockwood and, you know, the other cast. Okay, plot twist. I make that our second piece of pop merch. It's it's a really (laughs) sunshiny sticker that says... Good morning, Mick, and others. No, I was just going to say, good morning, Bobby Lockwood, and others. <laughs> yes, please. And I said, we get a cut of Amber's face, and she is not happy about Mara Mm-mm. flirting with Mick. Mm-mm. And Mick is just sitting there eating cereal. <laughs> yeah, I think he's starting to get conflicted. Rip. He was like, um, Rip. do not have an Emmy to deal with these girls. Yeah. <laughs> So Sabuna is in Nina and Amber's room. They are relieved that the zombies weren't real and start discussing what they're going to do with the elixir. Patricia points out that they can't give their evidence to the police because they're in on whatever Victor is up to. So for now, they're going to hide the elixir and Patricia puts it in an empty bottle that she keeps in her purse. So during this scene, Amber is tucking her tie into her skirt. And I know we had commented on Amber's tie being in her skirt in the house of catnaps, I believe. So it must be a purposeful look because we see her doing it. That was a good catch. (laughs) Didn't even know that. Yeah, they were sitting there, like, kind of getting ready, putting their ties on, like they should do before breakfast, you know. <laughs> and we see Amber's kind of putting her tie in her skirt. Interesting. Maybe it's, uh, it's like, not in the way if she, like, has to stand up and, like, lean over the table. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. So then Mick approaches Mara in the hallway and says that he wants to talk to her about what happened yesterday. But before he can go on about that, Jerome comes up to him and starts teasing him about his training partner. <laughs> and so after that, Mick kind of like chickens out and leaves before he can express his feelings tomorrow. Jerome is just getting up in everyone's business. Jerome just says, hey, it's Mick and his training partner. Like, wink, okay, wink. Jerome. And then Mick says he has to go to basketball. And I wrote, basketball? Yeah, he's like, I feel like Mick is the, the, the guy in school that plays like literally every sport, so... And also, isn't it school time? Why does Mick have basketball practice? Or was this just an excuse to get away from Mara? It could be an excuse. (laughs) Like, are you supposed to be in class right now, sir? (laughs) So then, Sabuna's in a classroom, and Fabian has a list of every single British university with a chemistry department, so they can potentially get the elixir tested. But Patricia points out that they can't just, like, stroll in and claim they have the elixir of life. So Fabian's really frustrated that they have everything they need to prove their theory, but they can't really do anything about it. So Nina's like, all right, well, in the meantime, I'm going to go visit Sarah later and hopefully we can get some more information. 
I guess we're, hi, we're a bunch of school students who think we've got the look through for eternal life. I think that was Patricia saying that's what they were going to say to people. I thought it was funny. Yeah, right. So, Phoebe writing down every British university with the chemistry department. Bro, I bet that's, like, the longest list ever. That's, like, shit I would do, though. Okay. <laughs> like, all right, okay. guys, like, I'm ready. Like, we're gonna... Okay, but, like, the man should have made sure it was, like, the top universities and the ones that are actually, like, closest to them. Maybe he did, because I think he said, like, top chemistry departments, so maybe it was, like, the really good chemistry departments, but we don't know if they were close to them or not. That's true. I don't know. They being out here, like, getting on a bus with Nina to go, like, drive, like, four hours to get to like, this across somewhere else in England, like, five million hours away. How big is England? I don't know. It's pretty big. It's pretty big. <laughs> They're like, they they might have a chemistry department. We're just gonna roll up <laughs> and say, hey, we're a bunch of school students hey, and think we have the elixir for eternal life. <laughs> So then the next scene, Jerome starts explaining a new scheme to Alfie and starts hanging up flyers announcing a talent audition for the 7th and 8th graders. He's charging two pounds per audition and he claims that Simon Cowell will be there. So Alfie's like, uh, I mean, Simon Cowell's not going to be there. Isn't that a lie? But Jerome's like, well, it's their fault if they believe it. So the auditions start and it's basically just a montage of these poor children doing their talents and Jerome just like roasting them. I just wrote special guest star Simon Cowell. (laughs) That would be amazing (laughs) if he was just there. I also said 7th graders, okay, USA, exactly, because I feel like in England they don't call people, like, 7th yeah. and 8th graders. Isn't it grade 7 or something? Gotta Americanize yeah. the show, guys. Come on. True. Yeah, and then I said there's a girl named Grace singing Amazing Grace, and I tweeted this to Grace, and she said that um, girls named Grace would not sing Amazing Grace, because apparently people make a lot of references to Amazing Grace to her <laughs> when they meet her. And I said, Grace, where are you at? <laughs> so there's a character named Grace and a character named Emily that go to the school, so Amazing. all of us just go to the school. Accepted. Great. We need to find ourselves. <laughs> so then, while this is all happening, everyone's like, the, the kids are all in the hallway before it's their turn to go, and they're all practicing, and Mr. Winkler walks in, and he's like, what the heck is happening? So he barges into the audition to stop it. And so, there, I'm gonna be a film school nerd for a second, because there's a really cool shot here. So, as soon as Mr. Winkler walks in, we get this shot of, like, Alfie and Jerome, like, turning around to look at him, and they're all like, crap, like, he found us. And so, it's a really cool move called a contra zoom so you the camera like is zooming out at the same time as it's pushing in and it looks so cool so like go back and look at the shot because it's a really cool shot and i just you know am here appreciating the cinematography of house of anubis in 2020 like there are a lot of cool moments that i never paid attention to when i was in high school but now i do thank you for coming to my ted talk (laughs) (laughs) i mean you've come to my make trisha one like four times today so If you want to discuss cameras, hit me up. It is House of Cameras. Oh, no, it's not. The other one was. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay, I'm like, slightly relevant. Not really. <laughs> All right, so now we cut to Mick and Mara, who are training again, but Mick is clearly struggling. So she asks if he's okay, because everything, like, physically, he should be fine. So she's like, something must be wrong. And he confesses that he feels really guilty for kissing her yesterday because he feels like he took advantage of her. And Mara's like, well, that's not how I saw it at all. Like, don't worry about it. And Mick's like... Still, it probably wasn't a good idea. So this is, I just like, it's a weird scene because I see where Mick's coming from and I'm like, it's brave of him to be like, I don't want you to think I'm taking advantage of you and like, I care about your feelings. But also he's like pushing her away and it's sad because like, she definitely likes him and she didn't, he didn't take advantage of her. So, I I didn't write this note, but like, very recently, I, not this exact situation, but in a very, I was in a similar situation 
where someone was like, I don't want you to feel like I'm taking advantage of you. And I'm like, I don't. And blah, blah, blah. And it's just like a really weird, uncomfortable situation to be in. Because it's like you appreciate mm-hmm. someone wanting you to be comfortable and not wanting to take advantage of you. But you're also kind of trying to be like, it's okay. Okay, it's okay. Like, you're not. Like, it's fine. Can we just like... I was thinking about you during this episode. <laughs> Uh, so sorry i feel you mara i might not have felt you in 2011 but i feel you now girl i feel like i need to say siri play august by taylor swift honestly (laughs) all right so back at the auditions jason makes jerome and alfie perform in these like crazy blow-up ballet costumes and he lets the kids all roast them as payback. Also, as punishment, gonna make them perform in the school play as props. They have to be on probation for a month, and they have to pay everyone back their money with 50% interest that they're gonna donate to charity. So, like, this whole scene's very, I don't know, this whole, like, little arc of them doing the auditions is very Nickelodeon <laughs> to me. I was like, this is not... It, it was very kid show. Like, House of News doesn't normally feel like a kid show to mm-hmm. me, but that, this whole scene, like, these are very kid show. Yeah, it happens <laughs> once in a while, and this is one of them, but... Oh, this is where I made the note about, like, it is cool getting to see fun teacher Jason instead of creepy flirty Jason. Because, like, again, he looks like the fun, cool drama teacher that was, like, having fun with the seventh graders. And he's like, we're gonna tell them, guys. Like, let's (laughs) get in there all like, yeah. (laughs) So it was just, it's a cute scene. I made the note. I so I assume those costumes are from the costume department. But I would just like to say, what if that was the costume Eddie Miller got stuck in? Amazing. Oh my god. We were this close to him being stuck in a unicorn costume because of Willow. So. I hate when he have been stuck in a unicorn costume. I wish. It would have been iconic. <laughs> and I also said, what are they on probation from? Like, does that mean, like, they're grounded? I think so, because that happened to them another time. But they said right? they were grounded at the time. Oh, you're right. Before. They didn't say on probation, so, like, is that the same thing? Like, can Jason ground them? I have no idea. Also, I said that one of the seventh graders told Jerome and Alfie that they had cute ankles, which I thought was funny. <laughs> oh, it reminds me of if anyone like watches the Try Guys that there's always this running joke that Zach has like cute ankles. <laughs> also, congrats to Zach and Maggie, they got engaged. I know you don't listen to my podcast. That'd be really weird. You're like kind of famous. But congrats, you're very cute. <laughs> Alright, so back at the house, Nick asks Jerome and Alfie to stop teasing him about Mara because he doesn't want to give her the wrong idea. So Jerome is like, are you really going to turn down the girl that worships the ground you walk on? And Mick is like, look, we have nothing in common. It is never going to happen. And unfortunately, Mara is standing at the top of the stairs during this moment. And he hears, or, and she hears the whole thing. And once again, this is kind of back on the other tangent. I just hate when boys are afraid of their feelings. And like, I think he's never had feelings that are this strong before. Like, I don't want to discredit his relationship with Amber, but I do think his relationship with Amber was a little more like, I don't want to say superficial, but like lighthearted and... Like, they definitely liked each other, but I don't know if they were, like, in love with each other. And I think the relationship he's starting to form with Mara, he's getting these feelings that he's never had before. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And he's, like, shutting down and pushing her away a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> that's my take. Yeah, this is sad. But, um, hey, guess who was right about Mick being a heartbreaker, though? Oh, true! Oh, Trish is right, because Mick's on some dumb bullshit. Yeah. I said, bad move, Mick. And I also said Mick was roasting Jerome and Alfie, which is funny. Also... I know that it's probably some British slang or, like, just saying that she was, like, very, like, I don't know, like, well-behaved, but Mick referred to Mara as straight, and I said, haha, do you not like straight girls? <laughs> <laughs> he can also, like, buy girls. But <laughs> yeah, I think she, he meant, like, straight edge. Like, like she's, like, straight edge, but I was like, I mean, you want her to like men, so, like, that's not an issue. 
I didn't even catch that line. That's so funny. Uh, also, my phone kept ty- typing Mick as Kick, and I wrote a note for that here because I wrote Kick and Nick instead of Mick about half a million times because my phone kept autocorrecting it. But my phone spelled Mick Bright, and I'm kind of concerned. <laughs> but not Mick. But not Mick. That's funny. And Mara looks cute here. Mara had yeah. a bad fashion moment earlier, but I wrote a note that her outfit looks cute. She recovered. Happy So for her. she looks very good. At least, I mean, she can look cute while Mick's breaking her heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so the last scene of the episode nina goes to visit sarah and asks if she knows anything about an elixir of life and she just kind of starts going like i don't want to live forever i don't want to live forever so then she was like you had a visitor the other day who is it and sarah was like that's rufus we used to play together when we were kids and so nina's confused because she's like but that doesn't make sense he's so much younger than you so then nina pulls out this picture of victor that they had found and sarah instantly starts freaking out and she starts claiming that he's the one that killed them, which I think means her parents, and that he wants to tip the scales of life. I just, I didn't write this as a note, but I just started, I don't want to live, I just start singing I don't want to live forever. Alexa, play um, I don't want to live forever by Taylor Swift and Zane. Thank you. <laughs> um, also, I wrote murderer. I guess I'm calling Victor a murderer. I don't know what that note was for. He may be, maybe. But yeah, that's the end of that episode. So <laughs> we actually have some cast news this week. I know we haven't done that in a few weeks. But Alex Sawyer, who plays Alfie, has a new music video for his song that he released. It's called Loveless. I know we talked about this in a previous episode, but definitely go check out the music video. It's a fun time. He did it during COVID, so it's not like a big production like he normally does. But um, you get to look at Alex Sawyer for like three minutes and, you know, he's pretty good looking. I I do enjoy looking at Alex Sawyer. You don't have to force me to stare at him. (laughs) (laughs) This is just us thirsting over the news. It's fun. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, I just hope they never listen. <laughs> if they listen, I mean, they're very good looking. Yeah. We obviously won't be creepy if you guys come yeah. on the podcast, but you are attractive. I promise I'm normal. I just... <laughs> Actually, I don't know if I'm normal. Well, I should take that okay. back. So the podcast is just like kind of like our um, designated spot to thirst. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. On, I promise you we would be nothing but professional. I would not do it to we your face. We wouldn't thirst to you or your face. We wouldn't try to hit on you. That would be weird. I, I'm I might call you, like, if you were to do a Comic-Con or something, I might be like, damn, you're hot. Because you're, I'm seeing you face to face. But, like, that'd be it. Guys, do a House of Anubis Con. <laughs> that would be the dream. Oh my God. I they do have a One Tree Hill Con, and One Tree Hill is like, oh, so they True. should do a House of Anubis Con. Sabunicon. It would be Sabunicon. It would be so cool. Yeah. Even if even only half the cast went, I bet Jade and Nikita and Alex would go. Brad would go. Tazy would go, and Brad would go. Yeah. Louisa would probably go. Okay, so ship of the week. Um, I am only accepting Mick and Mara. That's the only answer. I mean, that's the only ship that really exists this week, so it's fine. Honorable mention to Mick Trisha, but we talked about they were the ship of the week for the other episode, so. Uh, brain cell of the week? Or episode, yeah, I guess? I said, I said Nina, because I feel like she was just, like, overall being a pretty good Sabuna leader this week about, like, okay, like, I'm gonna go to Sarah, get some more answers, like, we have to go to the cellar to get the elixir for proof, we have to do, like, I don't know, I thought she was yeah. being pretty smart this week. Yeah, so. I give a rare brain cell to Nina. Yeah. All right, so you guys ready for our fun game? Yes. I feel like we need a name for this game, but it's the game where I pulled comments from the episode wiki pages, and you have to guess which one is fake. So, fake comments. Let's play. I don't... Okay. (laughs) Is it from from these episodes, or is it from the past episodes? It's the past six episodes, including these two, because we had stopped after the first five, I think, the last time we did it. So... The first one is House of Intruders, House of Proof. Okay. Here are the f- three comments. I'm trying to remember what happened in each episode. So, first comment. Wow, Mick, you really love food. 
Everyone is concerned while Mick is eating a banana. Colon P, like the tongue sticking out emoji. The second one is just in all caps, Boo Rufus. <laughs> Third one, I'm really sad Fabian had to burn his solar system book. Colon parentheses, like frowny face. And then in all caps, and Amber burned a picture of her. I'm going to go with number three is the lie. What do you think? I'm going to think number one's the lie, even though like I feel like we might have commented about Nick eating food. All right, Emily's right for that one. The last one was the lie. <laughs> But whoever commented about Mick eating food, yes. Yeah. (laughs) All right, next one. House of Confrontation, House of Alarms. So the first one, Fabian said H star LL. Not what you'd expect on a kid's channel show to say. (laughs) Either that or I need to get my hearing checked. He definitely said hell because I commented on it. Second one. Am I the only one that ships Mick and Amber? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And the third one. Did they have to put up the chandelier? Say number two is fake. Two. Correct. Okay. We are the okay. only ones that should be. Yeah, it's me. It, like, it's me and Trudy. Not the water. Unless Trudy made that comment, but I don't think Trudy would be out here on the wiki. Alright, so House of Flames, House of Passages. First comment. I love Alfie's rap for Amber so much. I couldn't stop laughing. LOL. Me. Second. Falls off his chair in amazement. Sir Alfred Lewis. Colon D. <laughs> Smiley face. And then the last one. The ritual was weird and scary. I don't know. The second one sounds I'm going with the last one. Up. I'm going to agree with Emily. No, that was actually there. I made the first one about Alfie's rap for Amber. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so House of Kidnap, House of Catnap. First comment, I just love the Petrina scenes in this episode so much. <laughs> second comment, I'm so confused. Is the cat dead? I need to know. <laughs> Third comment, Meow. Sound fake for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Petrina sounds like that one person who wrote that one thing, but like, <laughs> I feel like it's the use of the ship name Petrina that makes me want to say it's fake. Yeah, like when people have said Petrina, but that also sounds so weird. Like that sounds so random. What's it gonna be? I'm gonna go with meow. I'm gonna go with the Petrina comment. I'm sorry. You are both wrong. It was. Those two are real. The one that I wrote was, I'm so confused. Is the cat dead? I need to know. <laughs> I see. I need to be paid. Because I also thought that one, that one was like the other one that I was like, this one. See, again, they all sounded fake for different reasons. And that one I was like, this one sounds fake because I feel like this is exactly something you said when we recorded that. Episode. It was. <laughs> the Trina one sounds like, I was like, you could have made it up, but I feel like you wouldn't have had. I feel like someone was just like saying some shit. I don't remember Patricia and Nina really interacting. I don't remember either. So. Oh, oh, is that when Patricia was like, Nina, we can meet and talk about purpose? Oh, they yes. Katrina yes, that's probably what it was. All right, so next, House of Cameras, House of Numbers. First comment, I've always wanted to stare into cameras for fun. What? Second comment, cool episode. Third comment, Jerome and Alfie's game show outfits are so funny, XD. Number three. Number three. Yeah. <laughs> Me trying to be 2012, like, let me put XD. <laughs> I, uh, number one also sounded super fake. Yeah, nope, that's real. You can go check it. Wait, what did I say? I've always wanted to stare into cameras for fun. <laughs> it's called waiting for a virtual Comic-Con. All you do is stare at your screen. I mean, you could just look at a webcam. All right, so the last one, most recent episode, House of Scares, House of Fakers. First comment, OMG, Mick and Mara are the cutest. No, Mick rough forever, less than three. <laughs> no, that's you. All right, <laughs> not even gonna let her finish. <laughs> second one. Oh, wait i haven't seen this one yet because it hasn't been shown in england because i'm in england i think if amber and mick are still together in that episode and mara and mick kiss isn't he cheating is amber and mick not together in that episode what what's what happened 
<laughs> the last one is watching it on Team Nick now. All right. So I, I think number one is fake because I think Brenna said it and just wanted to go on a rant about how much she loves Makara. All right. Yeah, you're right. I wrote the Nick and Mara comment, obviously. The other ones were just too, like, I couldn't have written those. Especially the one about. What was that England thing? I guess someone must have been reading the wiki, like, because we got the episodes in America first. So she was probably reading ahead and, like, didn't realize Nick and Amber broke up and was like, what's happening? Why are Mick and Mara kissing? <laughs> I mean, so, I would be too. If I well, they it. broke up so many episodes ago. Like, girl, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know if Brenna would have made that up because I was just like a whole. It's really journey. intense. That's like more effort than I put into <laughs> my fake comments. But all right, yeah. So that is it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this double episode. We really appreciate it. If you have questions about McTricia, hit us up. But be nice. Be nice. Be nice. And oh, thank no. you, Megan, again for doing a little guest clip for us. We really appreciate it. So if you guys want to check us out on social media, our Twitter is at Anubis Podcast. Our Instagram is at Anubis Backwards Pod. Our TikTok is at Anubis Backwards Pod. And you can email us at AnubisBackwardsPod at gmail.com. So thanks, and we will see you guys next Friday. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Sabuna. Sabuna. So much I wanted to say. The way I see it is there any-